Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to the Bulls Cast with Chris Stonich and Ben Goddard, your independent Hereford FC podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bullscast, your independent Hereford FC podcast run by the Hereford Times, plus all sport in Herefordshire as well. I'm joined as per usual by Ben Goddard and Keith Hall. Ben, how are you, mate? Good afternoon. Yeah, it's uh, if, we, if we have some thunderstorms in the background, it's a bit wet and wild out in Herefordshire this afternoon. Um, I don't know if it's Keith, Keith's neck of the woods possibly as well. Yes, we had a terrific thunderstorm here. It's had hailstones and it set my car alarm off. Down in Dorset for the week. Unfortunately, I'm uh, after coming back from uh, technical issues last week. So, uh, mate, hopefully that I didn't get uh, let down too much last week. We'll see. <laughs> um, but no, we're here to talk firstly about Hereford. Um, ben, we'll start with you about uh, the Sindford game. Um, just talk us through it. Yeah, so it was um, a team of trialists again in the first half. Trialist team. Um, and Hereford looked comfortable and um, they... they um, did they take the lead? I can't remember, Keith. But they went behind for a penalty, was it? Yeah, yeah, it went, went twice. Yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah, so led. And then the, the trialist forward, I thought, had a good game. Um, and then so did the the right mid, who I think both of them played in the second half last night as well. Um, he took his goal quite well. And then uh, a bit of a, a dodgy penalty decision, wasn't it? <laughs> um, it was one of Tom Owen, Tom Owen Evans-esque diving in the box, I think, by the, the Sindervid player and the referee foul for it and pointed to the spot. And then uh, straight up the other end and Hereford should have had a penalty themselves but the referee gave a free kick. And um, yeah, the second half was a lot stronger Hereford team team out and um, Kuyar probably probably was the, uh, the outstanding player, took his goal well and then Hereford fell asleep for Five ten minutes, let them score, and um, Sindifer could have got one or two in them. Yeah, I think second half got a little bit complacent. Um, there was a lot of arguing with the the linesman, especially uh, for you know putting his flag out really rapidly for some of the offsides. Uh, one of which Josh Gowling was literally behind him, uh, so that that sort of argument went on for quite some time as to why the. Uh, the assistant to put his flag up. But um, I suppose overall, that was a decent workout. Um, switched it round, as you said, with the trialists, mainly in the first half, and then the, the more contracted players uh, in the second half. You mentioned Mazio Kuyar, didn't you? Um, might be interesting to see whether he's done enough for a deal. Do you think so? Yeah, I think he's probably the one the one trialist, him and Pollock. Pollock was getting good last night. Um despite being a centre-back and conceding eight. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that them two probably have, have deserved permanent places. Um, I think they've probably, because they've been named trialists the whole time, I think they've probably had a, a kind of an agreement in place for quite a while. If they prove themselves and prove themselves fit enough during pre-season, 
and there's no recurring injury problems would probably be the biggest thing with both players. If they get through pre-season unscathed, there was a probably a contract on the table for them already. <laughs> already, yeah, I think he's done more than enough for a, for a contract, in my opinion. He he looks flexible, which Josh likes in different positions, play wide uh, and down the middle. Um, yeah, he takes people on, which can excite the spectators, which is what it's all about. Um, ben Pollock, yeah, I know, uh, you know, uh, you felt he had a good game against against Cheltenham, but I felt that it was, wasn't quite there, really. Um, I mentioned, you know, you need to be touch tight, and he was never touch tight, really, with, with Andy Williams. Alfie May had a terrific game alongside him, and I thought, you know, Cheltenham carved up um, the Hereford defence too often, he, even before, in even the 11 minutes, that Luke Haynes was on the pitch. So, um, who's to say we wouldn't have lost heavily anyway? Um, but we'll come on to that, I'm sure, a bit later on. But um, yeah, I think Pen- Ben Pollock, I, su- I suppose he can play an enforcing role in midfield and he's extremely keen uh, to get this contract. So that might sw- you know, make the difference in the end and sway where Josh is decision-making. Yeah. And before, before we move on to Cheltenham, we'll get on to, to start off with Ryan Lloyd. You've got some audio from him. Uh, so we'll hear that now. Um, yeah, it's pre-season, isn't it? It's a, always a good workout. Um, just obviously working on a few bits what the gaffers try and put into place. And uh, yeah, just getting to know each other and that, getting fit. And you see the, uh, the more depth in the squad and the way they played because last season we were a bit light, lightweight in the uh, sort of... They had a lot of young lads and not have much experience in the squad, whereas a couple of experienced lads have come in now, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, the, the gaffers brought some good players in, to be fair. So, like I say, hopefully we can kick on from where we left off last season. Um, he tries to bring players in what he knows are going to be going to work hard and going to give him everything sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, like I say, hopefully we can go into the season and we can kick on this year because I thought we had a decent end to the season last year, even though it was cut short. Um, we had a good trip away at Wembley, didn't we? So, hopefully we can do the same again this season with the, the improved lads we've brought in. So, that was Ryan Lloyd. Ben, what are your views on him? Yeah, I think he's um he's quite he's a quiet player really. He does a lot of the dirty jobs that sort of um Giles Coke used to do in midfield before Coke left. Um he does he does a lot of the um the building work for midfield. Let's Tom Owen Evans have um go forward and clears up a lot around the back. But we heard from him uh, that with the arrival of arrival of James Vincent that he's hoping to move forward a bit more this season um, and have more of a li- free licence to go at goal a bit more. So it'll be interesting to see what he's got going forward. Um, we didn't really see it last season, but I think that was probably um, a needs must at the time that he he would sit in that hole and Owen Evans and um, Carl Finn would uh, would tack in front of him. Whereas it'd be interesting to see him on the other foot because obviously he was at Port Vale before Hereford. So he's obviously got a bit of talent there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how he goes. Yeah, it will be extremely interesting. So we'll start uh, with the chat stuff with you, Keith. Um, apart from conceding all those goals, what went wrong? <laughs> where, where to start? Um, yeah, I, also felt, I felt the two strikers for Cheltenham were absolutely clinical, Andy Williams and Alfie May. They went on to score hat-tricks, but could easily have had four or five each uh, in the end. I was really impressed with Cheltenham. Even you know when they went sort of two nil up uh, with Haynes just just having been sent off moments before, um, it looked to me that you know they got more than enough to, to deal with Hereford. 
we were missing what three or four players. So it might have been a bit of a closer encounter. Uh, had they been playing from the start, we'll never really know. Totally different to um, Shrewsbury the week before. Uh, and they, they they knocked the ball about really well and they took the chances when they came a couple against the post and crossbar. Um, it could have been even worse for, for Hereford. I thought Brandon Hall made a couple of decent saves as well. One especially towards the end, which he tipped over the crossbar, was, was an excellent save. Um, just when some people were questioning him, but I don't think you could really put cast any sort of aspersion so, uh, towards his ability on the night. It was just a, a case of Hereford just not having uh, a defence. They did not have a commanding centre-half, and it really showed for the first time in pre-season when you're up against a good side that know exactly what they're doing. They've just won their League 2 title, full of confidence, um, and they just opened up uh, Hereford. I don't think they... I, we, I don't think Hereford had the defensive shell either, just in, in front of the defence. So it became even easier for Cheltenham as the game went on. It was just uh, one of those nights when the, the, the three leagues between the, the two teams was just encapsulated with their, the, the way that they converted their chances. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the sending off. I mean, it has to be pretty bad to be getting sent off in a friendly. Ben, what was it definitely a red card, do you think? In a league game, probably his last man. Uh, the players threw on goal. He's dragged him down. Um, so yeah, and it's outside the box. So in a league game, it's straight red. Um, there's probably no doubt in that. Um, Josh Carlin accepted it as as a red, um, but killing the con the contest. Um, I said to Josh after the game, if there's one player you wouldn't want to see given a red card on that pitch against Cheltenham, was Luke Haynes because he's the only one really capable of holding the back four together. Um, they had a couple of well, do- a couple of dodgy moments before that. I thought George Forsyth started very slowly in front of them. And there's a couple of misplayed passes that Cheltenham were all too keen to latch up on early on. But I kind of think if if Luke Haynes had remained on the pitch when Hereford kind of got themselves together after 15, 20 minutes, it could it could have been more of a spectacle. I, I just um, thought the, the, the referee, um, you know, if he wanted to make a point and say, yeah, you know, letter of the law, it is a red card, you've got to go. Um, there has to be some sort of penalty. You've had your night's work. It may only last 11 minutes, but you've got to leave the field. Um, yeah. But you go across to the managers and say, look, normal circumstances, it's going to be a red card, um, but common sense needs to prevail. 11 against 11, that's a pre-season friendly. People are in, nearly a 1,000 people have paid good money to watch the game. And the last thing they should have done was... Uh, destroy the game as a, as a, as a, you know, as a contest. I mean, I remember Tamika Makandawiri playing for West Brom against Hereford in pre-season friendly, and he handled the ball on the line for West Bromwich Albion to prevent Hereford scoring, and that was the agreement. Then he was taken off and substituted there and then, so the contest could continue. And I don't feel Cheltenham got as much out of the game as they would have liked because of that red card. Certainly Hereford didn't, uh, and the crowd felt shortchanged. And, you know, as far as the referee is concerned, he wouldn't budge an inch. It's my understanding that even the, uh, the Cheltenham manager, Michael Duff, said, well, OK, then we'll play 10 against 10. <laughs> it is, it's definitely a debate for wider football, isn't it? Like, should red cards be banned in friendlies? Is it really worth it for everyone else? But I think, I, I think you know, you've got to have that penalty by all means. Yeah. If the player transgresses to that extent. As you say, it was the last man, a drag back. Uh, certainly knew what he was doing 
Um, but, you know, just common sense. Fair enough. I've got to go. I realise what I've done. Off the field you go. Someone else comes on. Especially when you've got two teams so far apart. If it had been a, an FA Cup tie or a league game, you know, you'd have to live with it. Um, but a pre-season friendly, for goodness sake. All of the plans that both managers had just went out of the window, really. I think Cheltenham ended up playing, I think, um, one, two or three touch football. They, they instructed the players not to touch the ball more than three times. Um, and they moved, uh, did move it around really quickly. And, uh, and that, as a result, they looked very impressive, albeit they got all this space to work with. Yeah, definitely. Um, one big thing was we didn't see Miles Story or McLean play. Um, what was going on there, Ben? Yes, um, they were they were sat in the stands by me and Keith, and um, and Josh said afterwards that it was an admin issue at the club, so they were unavailable to play, um, which is a shame because they did stand out against Shrewsbury, and um, both both players are are the best, some of the best players at the football club. Um, so obviously they they needed to track the, to provide that attacking threat to take. And to keep possession of the football as well, because it was attack versus defence for probably 85, 90% of last night. Stuck in the head, stuck in their own half, just trying to keep the score down. And Alfie May and Andy Williams. disrupted Hereford's pre season, Ben. You know, you, you're flying, you're trying to get minutes into players and match fitness. And you're also, okay, you've got training uh, routines to go through and all of that. But you, nothing works better than March. At match fitness and sharpness so needs to get them on the pitch and give the supporters as well something to look at and all of a sudden Hereford's pre-season has been disrupted and it's not working albeit we know that there's issues at centre-back that need to be addressed to get players in and all of a sudden one of you one or two of your strikers and a, and a central midfield player are not available and uh, it's just thrown the whole I would say chaos that's, that's not the right description, but it certainly made it a disjointed pre-season again. And also, if Newcastle Town don't provide much of a threat on Saturday, we don't know what what, what sort of team they'll, they'll provide, but if they, they might not they even have been available Saturday, McLean and Story. So we don't know. They may miss the game. And if they, if they play, we don't know what sort of workout they'll get. Whereas if they played last night, you know that they'll be worked 100% and they'll be pushed all the way because because of the calibre of players they'll be up against. They won't come again come up against that sort of opposition for the rest of the preseason, will they? So certain this sort of thing actually annoys you, doesn't it? Because we went through such a horrendous preseason um, prior to the COVID campaign. I mean, I had we had upwards of forty trialists over eight or nine matches and training, etc. Um, and Hereford were never ready then. Uh, I just only hope this doesn't sort of uh, evolve into not being ready again for the Farsi Celtic game on the 14th of August. It seems a long way off, but it'll soon be here. It's only a couple of weeks, isn't it? Exactly. Um, certainly Steve Burr was saying we need four or five more players. Mm. Um, no signings have been made since I did that interview uh, with Hereford's assistant manager. And um, it, it just be, it sort of it becomes ever more critical, isn't it? As, time goes by if you a you haven't brought a player in so it's not able to train with the squad that you've got which is what you'd be looking for and that 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 sort of lead in time gets shorter and shorter doesn't it 
they will have to wait. I mean, I think Norwich City managers talking about uh, being a bit of paranoia in the transfer market. People are not making decisions early. And even at that level, um, you know, players are not becoming available. So it might end up that unless you're a York or a Boston or a Chester or a Gloucester, you haven't got the squad that you really, really want from day one. Mm. Very, very likely. Um, I mean, you might lose points, which could become critical later on in the campaign. It's one of those. It's a risk you take, isn't it? And um, yeah. after after the debacle of last pre-season, to have 15 signed players, effectively, if you if you count Pollock and Kuyar as signed players, which I'm guessing they will be, um, then to have that many already signed probably means you can wait and probably risk risk it. For, for that, that centre-half. Or... But you need a good start. Um, keep the crowd interested right from the, the first kick-off. And last thing you want is a uh, you know, start that you're not firing on all cylinders. I mean, I was, I was actually very encouraged initially at Westfields and the opening friendlies. And that, not, not just the scoreline, forget that, but it's, it's just the way things have evolved over the last week or so. It just seems to be a bit, bit of a strange one. Uh, so a lot of it outside of the manager's hands to a degree yeah it's only a week ago they played so well against Shrewsbury so it's not it's not all thrown away as yet there's still the players there and um, a week ago we were we were looking at a bit more rosy specs weren't we um, as where this preseason's heading so another week we, we may be maybe talking after two wins and so two good performances and we're looking I, I felt that down to 10 men, if, if, if this had been last season with Jamie Grimes still in the defence alongside Luke Haynes, you could, you could see it still going to be a competitive level because he would have just marshaled the troops and he would have been the, the standout guy at the back. So it just really highlighted the fact that we, you know, Hereford just don't have a sort of marshalling, commanding centre-back that you can rely on and he'll just stand there and somebody who who's addressing the back three or back four, whatever it is, and, and to make sure that they remain competitive. And that, for, in fact, for about five or ten minutes, Hereford looked very, very open and nobody was taking charge. Mm. Well, I mean, that's football, isn't it? Roller coaster of emotions. One week, <laughs> me, me, one week you're the best team in the world. One week, tell me, take, talk to me as a Liverpool fan. Crime, blimey. When, especially on social media as well, you get that. Um, but in terms of um, another roller coaster of emotions, Ben, I, I know that uh, there's a quite funny story about last time Hereford visited uh, Newcastle Town. It wasn't last time Hereford visited there. I don't think keeps been of you to Newcastle Town. No, I've not uh, been there. I think it was it wasn't a- when Hereford was there, so you were just up there. Yeah, um, yeah. So I used to be. Was well, I was a, a, an average? Well, depends who you're talking to. A cyclist <laughs> in my day, and, um, and we and there's a velodrome around the around the edge of Newcastle Town's pitch. Oh, nice! And every every Thursday night, because um, my 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 hometown is Newport, Shropshire, so that's towards towards the Potteries, I suppose, between Wolverhampton and Stoke, that sort of area. And we used to go to Newcastle Town every every Thursday night for their their track meeting on the velodrome, and uh, the one, and obviously uh, many of listeners all will be watching the Olympics pretty soon. So there's no no breaks on the track bike, and if one if the person at the front falls off, then everyone falls off. 
And on this one night, that's exactly what happened. Everybody <laughs> fell off at about 30 miles an hour. Oh, no. Uh, there was broken bones and bikes and all manner of things. I think there's a, a video. That, there was apparently pictures and videos, but I've never seen it of me flying through the air and lo- lots of bikes underneath. So, and uh, so yeah, that was one of the last times I've been to Newcastle Town was flying through the air and bouncing off tarmac. On the side of the pitch. <laughs> Hopefully, that doesn't happen there's to anyone big, this time. There's still a big dent where you crashed, I think. So, potentially, <laughs> we'll have to spot it. It's in the home straight, so it's right by the dugout. So, <laughs> oh, imagine. I'd love to have seen it. I'd love to have seen it. But talking about other sports, um, the Olympics has started in the last week or so. Um, Couple of Herefordshire-based uh, athletes, uh, the rowers, uh, Charlotte and Matilda Hodgkins-Byrne, fortunately lost. Um, ben, bit bit sad, but I, they, you know what? Getting in the in the squad anyway is a massive, massive bonus for everyone. Yeah, I think they were they just missed out on the in the first heat. I think they narrowly missed um, a place in the in the semi-finals as they go through the refreshage, and again uh, against some strong boats, missed out. Um, so their Olympic dream is over. Um, but yeah, I think they'll. It's been a very different Olympics for for a lot of athletes. Really, with no families and having to abide by COVID protocols and being shipped from one venue to another, not really, not really Olympic feeling of the sort of the community and the Olympic Village. So, um, hope they're quite young girls. So I'm sure they'll be back again to fight for in three well Commonwealth Games in another year's time in Birmingham. I think they'll be there and another three years time in Paris. I'm sure they'll be fighting for a place in the rowing squad there as well. Yeah. It's, it's a shame, but like, as we said, like getting there is just a massive achievement in itself and it's exactly what they wanted. Um, So, so yeah, Um, just out of interest, I I think yours would be cycling, Ben, but Keith, if you were an Olympic athlete, what would you be, uh, what would you be going for in your heyday? Um, Well, it certainly wouldn't be rugby sevens. Um, I was fairly quick, so I'd probably go for 200 metres or something like that. Back in the day, I was a bit of a sprinter. Um, but in terms of a team sport, it's a difficult one, really. Um, not never been an equestrian uh, sort of expert or interest there, so I wouldn't have been doing that. I'd love to see you on a skateboard, Keith. Skateboarding? Well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, for me... I. It's, cricket's not an Olympic sport yet, is it? That's the only sport I'm uh, really good at. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad it's, to... in a, it's in the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham next year. I've actually applied for tickets for, for that and boxing. And I'm hoping in the ballot I'll get picked up on that. I actually announced the light featherweight and, and lightweights at um, London 2012 as a volunteer, which was an amazing experience to be ringside. Um, that was that was fantastic back then, uh, but um, yeah, I, I would don't think I'd make a box. Well, I might have made a very very featherweight boxer back in the day. You wouldn't know that looking at me now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's only audio, Keith. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also uh, talking of cricket, actually, Richard Skinner then won at Shropshire. Uh, ben, uh, talk us through that. Yeah, good good win for Harrowshire. Um, again, they're carrying on their brilliant season. Um, although they suffered a, a cup defeat in Wales, um, they've made it two wins from two in there in the over fifth, uh, the three day league they're, they're in, minor counties league. Um, so they're on a fantastic start. Like I said, previous weeks, 
um, the improvement this season has been fantastic for Harry for sure. And they're, they're really on the roll this year. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for listening to Bulls cast from brought to you from the Hereford times. Uh, I've been Chris Stonage. I've been joined by Ben Goddard and Keith. Hall. thank you very much for joining me, gents. Thank you. Yeah, great stuff. See you Thanks, again. Please. And we will see you next week. And uh, yeah, keep listening. <laughs>